The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Sneakers and cleats. The podcast. Welcome back to the Sneakers Cleats podcast. This is Wednesday, December 6th. This is our 57th episode of the Sneakers and Cleats podcast and our penultimate high school hype squad episode of the season. Is our second to last SAT word. SAT yeah, word. I gotta look that one up. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow or next week, we will be doing our last uh, high school hype squad episode of the entire season. Uh, we will be shifting to Mondays and Thursdays after that, and obviously the schedule is a little wonky with uh, Christmas and all that stuff. We'll take Christmas week off. All those announcements coming a little bit later this week. We might actually do something really cool in a couple weeks for the uh, UTSA bowl game as well. So we will have all of that uh, coming down the pike, but. Like I said, penultimate, second to last episode of the High School Hype Squad because we are getting down to the wire here, fellas. State uh, semifinals week. We have three teams, two of them from Comal ISD. Very exciting. How are you two today? This is Zach Hedrick, Chuck McAtinick. Has I, I feel like I don't need to introduce them anymore. Everyone, everyone knows these two. And Matt Roy, of course, too. I'm gonna, I'd am gonna. i love to just defer to you guys. I mean, you guys do such a great job on Friday nights, and you're in it to win it every single week and you see more of these games than I do. So I just know I'm looking forward to it. I always enjoy the build up too and talking to the coaches and all that. That that to me is, you know, it's more fun to see how the baby's getting made as opposed to the baby coming out on Friday and Saturday night. It's a, a little weird. I, know, so I, <laughs> I guess that's me. <laughs> anyway, all right, fifty seven. So um who comes to mind? I put some names down, but without looking at the list, who comes to mind for you guys? Fifty seven. It's too late. I already looked at the list. Don't look at the list. But I like your first one because I, how is Clay Matthews senior not in the NFL Hall of Fame? That dude was a well. I think isn't he it, was great? Isn't it he the junior? Like there's because Clay Matthews is the one for the Packers the third, isn't it? Okay, you're right. It might be. I don't yeah, know the yeah, lineage yeah. No, all that well. No. The one that played for the Browns was a bad mama jamma. Yeah, he was the he was the junior. So he was Clay Matthews the third's father. He was a 16 year guy in the for the Browns. He uh, almost won MVP one year. It was it's crazy how good he was. Yep, sideline to sideline, and not in the HOF. That makes no sense. His son might go in the HOF though. You think Clay Matthews? Will That'd be cool there? if they could go in together. I'd be for that. Zach, what about you? Fifty-seven. Uh, I'll change it up and go away from because I was a baseball kid growing up. So I'm going to go with the the power lefty Johan Santana. Nice. Um, so I, was... I, I him 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 in the Twins uniform. I mean that was just. That was bad news for the AL Central. That was like our childhood, man. Like I remember Johan Santana with the Twins, and then he threw that one no hitter with the uh, Mets. I think he threw like 136 pitches that day, and then just fell off the face of the planet because his arm was dead after that. Not surprising. I mean, that was kind of in the twilight of his career. I always think of him in the Twins uniform, pinching in the in the uh, Metrodome and everything back in the day. Well, yeah, he had the you know, he had the Triple Crown winner, two times Cy Young. I think he was came. He almost won MVP one year. Like he was a dominant. He was a beast. And then there was another guy that I felt like he had a he had a pretty good slider for the Twins too. His name escapes me right now, but it might have been like a reliever or something. But Jim Cott, Joe Nathan, Jim no, Cott, no, Joe Nathan. He he was it was some. I think it was a lefty, another lefty. But it's the only Twins guy I can think of. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. But um, 
57, that's kind of a little strange one, I guess, a little bit. You know, you know, it's kind of like that's a that's a weird number to pick. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's what there's a couple of good names under Tom Jackson, one of the legendary linebackers for the Broncos and the Orange Crush defense. Ricky Jackson, uh, Saints linebacker. Did you know he's part of my favorite trivia question ever? My favorite trivia question for football is who is the only defense in NFL history to send four linebackers to the Pro Bowl in the same year? Hmm. It's the Saints in uh, 92 or 93. They sent all four of the linebackers because they ran a 3-4 defense, so they sent both outside, two, both middle linebackers to wow. the Pro Bowl. It's my right. favorite It's my favorite. Uh, uh, trivia question. So just straight up, like no injuries or anything like that. No injuries. Know, well, from... yeah, they didn't really back out back in the nineties. Well, no, no, no. I mean, like, like no other team had a linebacker, and it was like, well, he can't play because he ended yeah, up no. getting hurt or whatever. Yep. Just sent all four. Uh, and then Shane Bieber, I had written down. He's the you know the the nowadays fifty seven. I didn't know this until I started looking doing some research. Fifty seven is not an NBA number. There's two players ever to wear fifty seven in the NBA. Mike Muscala and Hilton Armstrong, and even them, they wore it for one year each. It's just not a number that you wear in the NBA, I guess. That's not my favorite trivia question. There you go. <laughs> Remember, See, that's what I'm here for, guys. Yes. You know, a little bit of education. Uh, so anyway, we, we're going to preview all three of our uh, teams that are left. We have Smithson Valley, we have Steel, and we have Davenport. Great stories go along with all three of them. Let's get to Steel first. We'll go from 6A to 5A to 4A. So we'll start with Steel. They're going to uh, Humble Summer Creek. They'll be playing in Waco Saturday, 5 p.m., December 9th in McLean Stadium before they try and get to uh, Jerry World. Uh, hopefully next Saturday is probably when that would be. It's the first time they're in the semis since 2016 when Steel Rate reached the state title game. Um, they had a hell of a performance on Saturday, Zach. Yeah, you know, close ball game uh, between them and Dripping Springs just kind of coming down to some defensive stops a little bit. They took the lead early in the fourth. And then after that, it was just, it almost kind of felt like the Dallas Seattle game a little bit <laughs> where it's just like, all right, just, you know, see if you can hang on or make the plays when they count. And they did, um, you know, picking off a ball right there at the one yard line with under a minute left. Uh, incredible stand by that defense. Well, what's crazy about that is that the, it was their backup quarterback who made the pick. Like he put in their backup quarterback, I forget his name, but. Backup quarterback makes the pick with 58 seconds left. Like, what, what kind of coaching move is that from David Signs? Like, how much confidence do you have in your athletes on your team to put a, the backup quarterback at safety and he makes the he makes the pick? Yeah, I've seen that quite a bit, especially this late in the year, over the years here in San Antonio, that, you know, when you get to these rounds, some teams are just so athletic that you've literally got to put your best athletes on the field. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know what their situation was like in terms of injuries. That may right. not have even been the case. They may have just put that guy back there because he was such an athletic and such a big dude, too. Coach Sines just talked about his athleticism after that. He was just like, yeah, we put him back there for a reason. He's a, he's a big athletic kid. He's the backup quarterback for a reason because Chad Warner's athletic so is the backup quarterback so it was just fantastic but looking at this team in general it it speaks to the uh sheer volume of playmakers and athletes that they have on this team yeah I don't think there's any question about it we see it every year with these guys but that TNL game we did earlier this year I mean that was by far the fastest defense we saw I mean to a man it was huge up front they get after you and then Sideline to sideline, it's going to be hard to beat those guys deep. That's for sure. Well, don't they have they have commits all over the place too? Don't they, Zach? Like on their defense? Yeah, I mean a few guys. Not sure how many, um, because of course the offense is going to get a bunch of attention. But um, 
you know, talking to Dante Carter last week before the Stripping Springs game, you know, it's just – we've got playmakers all over the field. So, you know, that side of the ball, it's, you know, it's always good to have because and, – and like Chuck said, you know, this stage of the year, it's just – you just need your guys because I'm sure everybody's dinged up a little bit playing so many – games now and you've been going since august it's just it's all hands on deck so yeah we'll hear from larry hill a little bit later he talks about like at this point no one's healthy it's mm-hmm. it's almost like in the nfl how how in december and you get to january like all right who's who's on the field you know what i mean right. like uh chuck speaking to like not historically but how how nice is it to have one of those big name schools because obviously we've had like the poths in the in the past we've had bernie last year we've had those smaller teams but how nice is it to have like one of the premier programs in our area make it this far and be able to really talk about them all year round it's really cool right because i mean i think it's been 2016 since steel has gotten this far seven years and I was trying to just think off the top of my head, which I'm not really good at doing these days, but <laughs> it, it seems like it's been a while since we've had three teams, 4A and above, go this far. So I'm, I'm really excited that there is a lot to be excited about this late in the year. Hopefully all three punch through and get to Jerry World, too. How cool would that be? So, be you know, it, it, I can't I, – I wish I could answer, you know, but it just feels like there are more this year than there have been in recent memory. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Let's hear. Let's jump to the uh, to the sound. Jack was there. Our our great photographer, Jack Green. He was uh, at the game on Saturday. He talked to David Signs, uh, Chad Warner, the quarterback, and Jacob King, one of the San Antonio Sports All Stars, who will be playing in in January at the Alamo Dome again. Uh, he talked to all three of them after the game. Let's play them, and then we'll come back talk about Smithson Valley. What does this mean for you guys to, to get this win today? No, it's huge. It's huge for our program, it's huge for our community. I think it's been six years since we've been to the state semifinals, and I'm just extremely proud of, of the way our kids fought. You know, for that, you know, those four quarters. You know, Dripping Springs has a great football team, and um, you know, I'm just proud of our guys. What did it take you guys to kind of overcome that team? Because I mean, that was a tough team today. Yeah, we we just talked. We've been preaching, you know, the, the you know all season about highs and lows and, and staying positive, momentum will come our way. And they got got they got some playmakers on their team. We have playmakers on our eyes. And when it was time to make a play, you know, they they made some plays, and so do we. So I'm just happy the way it turned out. Oh, no doubt. You know, no doubt. It, it's it's huge for, you know, you know, I, I'm I, it's huge for me, my, myself and, and our staff. You know, we we uh, you know, it's a goal at still high school to, to try to, to, to win the region every year. And, you know, it, it's 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 tough. And, uh, you know, you can't take that for granted. I'm just proud of, of our kids. But you're not going into this like you guys still have uh, some more business, right? Oh, of course. Of course. You know, we got we got a uh, summer creek coming up and we'll start working on those guys uh, early, early tomorrow morning and we'll get ready to. To, to play those guys at Baylor next week. What do you guys need to do in order to keep this thing rolling? Well, you know, the, the main thing is just, you know, we got to make sure you stay healthy, uh, make sure you continue to play with confidence, and, and, and you continue to, to get better each, you know, whether it's every play um, or, or every game. So we just got to make sure that we continue to, uh, to improve in all three phases. It was a great win. We played a really, really good Driven Springs team. They fought to the end. We were up seven and a half times. They fought back, and we got the dub at the end. What does it mean? What did it take for you guys to, to kind of pull it out? Just keep our heads up, keep working. Like I said, there was ups and downs. They had great knockout points because they're a really, really good team. It is just keeping our head up. How about that last play? I mean, when you guys finally made that last play, I mean, just, did you feel like you really secured the point? Yes, sir. I felt like excited, like something happened in my body. I was excited that we got the W. 
but you guys have some unfinished business now. Okay? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What is it going to take to kind of keep going? Just, we got to, like our coach said, take it one week at a time. So we're we going to celebrate this for today, and then tomorrow got to get ready for our next opponent for another great team, for another great battle. You're one of only four left. How's that feel? It feels great. You know, since the beginning of the season, we worked so hard. There's another great team ahead of us, so we just got to get that done. They were driving down there, and that pick six happened. What's going through your mind? Driving down. Oh, I was like, I was like, oh my. Hey, he's a great I'm, player right here, I'm team straight, man. He's a dog, straight dog. dog. He does so much for us up front on defense, man. You want to know who got it? Best player. Got it. Let's go. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank you. That's why I mean, I got some dogs. But you know, you know, going through my back of my head, I was like, Jesus, I'm senior year. I don't want this to be my last play. You know, that's a dangerous thing. That if word. You know, if I went 100 percent, like 100. What if I went 70 percent on one play? And let's just say they scored that, that last drive and won in the OT and they won. But, you know, it's, that's, those are the words that hurt. So, you know, just put my head down, you know, focusing. When I say Steel is regional champs and you're one of only four teams left in the state of Texas, what does that mean to you? I mean, it's, it's literally the best feeling in the world. Literally the best feeling in the world. Well, we got 2 on 0. That's 2 on 0. Shout out Cibolo, baby. Shout out Cibolo. All right, now what do you guys need to do in order to keep this thing rolling next week in Waco? Huh, we need, uh, we just need to recover, get some players, you know, heal up, get ready, and we'll see. We'll never, we'll get another Monday, get another Monday, another scouting report on another team. You know, I mean, we're gonna go ball, ball, ball out, Dallas. I love how Jay, one Jacob's friends come back, but two, it's like he's like two one zero, two one zero, and then he just dials it right back in. He's like, here, right here, right here, we're back, we're back. <laughs> Those guys are good on camera. We had a lot ran into a lot of kids lately that Jack has, I should say. You know, these kids that are really, really good at speaking and and having a good time on camera too. Zach, I know you got a chance to do that too when you were out at Steel. Yeah, recently. and and you kind of heard it there a little bit. That's been kind of the motto of their run is you know earning another Monday. Mm -hmm. So um, they're they're gonna try and get one more. You know, there's there's they've already had their. Penultimate one to yes, have yeah, a callback. Go. Oh, um, so yeah, I got some studying to do after this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they're they're looking for one more Monday, and uh, not much. I, I don't know too much about Silver Creek. Just going to be upfront about that. But I mean, thirteen and one, just two evenly matched teams going off records, and uh, this this one's going to be fun to see how it unfolds Saturday. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I don't know a lot about Humble Creek either. I know a lot about Steel, and I know that they're a damn good team, coached by a damn good coach. And it's going to be a damn good game. I know that. Um, let's get to Smithson Valley. So Smithson Valley is going to be playing Brownsville Veterans Memorial on Friday, uh, December 8th. Buccaneer Stadium in Corpus Christi at 7 p.m. Uh, this is their first time in the semis since 2008. Smithson Valley team literally one point away, Chuck, from being undefeated this season. They're losing to Reagan week one by one point. Other than that, perfect season for Larry Hill and the Rangers. You know... I think you're going to play the audio clip coming up, and I just love talking to Larry Hill for a bunch of different reasons. He's measured, he's thoughtful, he's very good at expressing himself. You could tell how he's just always locked in on attention to detail. But, you know, when he, when he tells you, yeah, it's been far from perfect this year, as you mentioned, we lost a game. You know, that you could see that it's like they're probably <laughs> greats on him that, because if, if they beat Reagan, would they not have been probably – the number one team in our area the entire season because that was it. They lost by one point, regardless of classification. Smithson Valley might have been, or at least made the argument or had the case to make the argument that they were the number one team in the area this year. Well, also, you look at that. It's like Smithson Valley, a 5A team, loses by one point to Reagan, a 6A team, who was in the 6A D1. Like, they're one of the biggest teams in our area, one of the best team in our area. They were our number one team all year long. 
because of that one point win over a five A team, as, as good as Smithson Valley is, you still have that classification difference too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I just enjoyed my chat with him, and you know, it's it's just always fascinating to watch and see how he game plans, and then. You know, I think he's brutally honest, too. I mean, I remember it was about 10 years ago. His team was undefeated going into the playoffs, and I went to one of their games late. He goes, you're not going to believe how small we are. And I really hadn't seen much of them the entire year, and I, I couldn't believe how exactly right he was. Like, he was undefeated with this team that looked like a bunch of guys that were all three feet tall. And it was just because he... <laughs> He knows how to get the most out of everybody. He puts everybody in the best position possible. And they ended up losing in the first round that year to Johnson, who ended up making a long run. But they lost a very close game. I believe they had the lead late in that opening round playoff game. But the guy just does it every single year. You know that that's a team that will be in the conversation, whether it's November or December, usually every single year. Zach, talking about this past game, I mean, you and I were sitting here. For people who don't know, Zach and I do uh, Fridays, and he, I do the Fox side. He does the WOAI News 4 side. And we, he and I basically sit there and just cut highlights of games for, for like the eight people that are out. We go and film one ourselves, and then we come back, and we're cutting highlights all day. So we had Carlos out in, in Cedar Park, mm -hmm. and uh, he was feeding it back. And Smithson Valley goes down 17-0. And we're like, God dang it, we're gonna lose one of our teams, right. and, and it's because we always want ours to sure. succeed for as long as possible, uh, just so we have more to talk about and to see all the kids that we've known and interviewed um, kind of succeed more. And so we're sitting there, and it's seventeen zero, and then oh, okay, touchdown by Brad Sowersby. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, pick six, seventeen fourteen now, and then they're back in it. And then you see Brad Sowersby go for two thirty five and two touchdowns, score the game winning touchdown, and it's just like wow, Smithson Valley pulls out another one. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and no panic kind of going back to Coach Hill, just uh, kind of a firm hand at the tiller, I think, a little bit. And that's that's what will happen when he, when you've been coaching for as long as he has. And I think that kind of trickles down to his players and his team. I mean, 17 nothing, yeah, quite a hole to, to find yourself in. And I know a lot of people are going to point to, well, um, who was it? A&M Consolidated, they lost their starting quarterback, but – Still, the point stands. They were down 10 points in the third quarter. You still have to make the plays to come back, and they did. Uh, Coach Hill called it, you know, that, that pick six by Jackson Duffy was really kind of the key point in the game. You know, down three at halftime. Sure, they fell behind 10 in the third quarter, but that kept them within striking distance. And just what a game by them to, to you know, fight back and, and make the stops and make the plays when they had to. Yeah, and so Chuck – Tell me a little bit more about your conversation with Larry Hill. I know we're, we're going to listen to it here in a second. I cut it up. Uh, it's about eight minutes, and we'll hear pretty much the whole thing. Uh, and you'll see our, our great photog, Jack Green, right in the background. Um, but he sounded almost uh, – you, you, you said graded a little earlier about that one loss, but about the travel because they're in, they're in Div Division three. Um, or kind of district region three, three, region three. Yep. Thank you. And so they've had to travel all over the place for their game. So tell me a little bit about what he said uh, there and what your feeling was. There. Yeah. I mean, because they're playing out of region three, the way, you know, the UIL has got to divvy this up some way, shape or form. And I feel like for the most part, they do a pretty good job. I mean, it's an awfully big state and it's hard to make all the pieces fit just the right way. And to the UIL's credit, they, do realignment every so often to make sure that they spread, you know, if, if you're going to have to make a team travel like they did Smithson Valley, then they end up ultimately, you know, they're going to move that around. But, you know, that's part of this whole deal, right? This journey that they're on to have to go out on the road as often as they did and to the lengths that they've had to go 
you know, playing teams literally from all over the state, you know, it just that that probably is serving them well at this point in the year. You know, I mean, you guys talked about overcoming the deficit, and it's like, well, they've had to overcome these kinds of challenges, maybe not quite like that, but, you know, in different ways, and when you start to be able to, you know, process the fact that you got to get off the bus, go play a game after a long road trip, and you figure out how to do that, well, then maybe you can use those tools that you use to go and then overcome something else. I just love the way that he's going to always turn any adversity into something that is overcomable. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I like talking to him so much. Yeah, one of the things that I noticed going into and looking ahead to the to the Brownsville game before we hear from Larry himself, uh, speaking from experience from you two, I mean, Zach, you've been covering a lot longer than I have here in San Antonio, and Chuck, a lot longer than both of us combined. What's it like facing one of these uh, Rio Grande Valley teams? Because I saw on social at least everyone from the valley was freaking out that brownsville won and that they were that they're going to the semis it's one of the their first teams in a while that's gone to the semis because generally they don't have the best football down there they usually get eliminated early and so now that you see a team like brownsville that's going to corpus christi and they're going to be playing smithson valley who is a very popular team around our area what's kind of the that what is that dynamic like you have a team that doesn't usually get here against a team that does usually get here. You know well, I, mean? I think it'll be fascinating because, as Larry was mentioning, Brownsville Veterans Memorial runs an offense similar to Wagner, which means there's going to be a bunch of guys in the backfield and they're going to run, run, run. And so that's going to be a challenge for Smithson Valley because they haven't seen an offense like that defensively in, I don't know when that Wagner game was. It was much earlier in the year. Yeah. And they, they held Wagner, I believe, to seven points in that game. So it's not like they haven't proven that they can stop that type of an offense but you know is brownsville veterans memorial just going to be happy to be there i don't know i mean i doubt it i mean they it, it, you can't joke your way to this point in the season right i don't care where you're from or who you are i mean we talked about smithson valley barely losing to reagan in the classification mm-hmm. difference but they've been in a fist fight every single week in the postseason so it just goes to show you that you know you could say historically san antonio has been had much better teams than the Valley, but we've had, we've got more numbers here. Of course, that's going to be the case, but it used to be back when I was a kid, San Antonio was much better than Austin. Now look what's happened. So it's just, you start talking about numbers and the state's growing population wise all over the place. At some point, if you know, the, the playing field's getting more and more level from central to South Texas than it's ever been in my lifetime. Well, and Zach, you see like, population like he was saying kind of growing and you see uh, uh, football growing down in san antonio and down in the valley does that almost put a little bit more pressure on larry hill and smithson valley to be like these brownsville teams are getting better these rio grand valley teams are getting better we don't want them to break through against us <laughs> yeah i mean maybe there's a point of pride in that but i think too some i mean i'm gonna go back to something that coach signs kind of said after one of their playoff wins it's like look it's december football everybody's good at this point and chuck i think you were kind of alluding to that point everybody's good so um, I think, yeah, running that offense, having seen it in a in a district opponent like Wagner, that helps them. That gives them a baseline to where it's like they're not starting from square one. It's like, oh yeah, that's something similar to we what we saw earlier in the season. I think that helps them. But who's to say that Veterans Memorial of Brownsville throws in a different wrinkle or something like that? You know, they, you know, run a fake and then step back and try and drop one over the top. Um, that's you know, that'll be something I think that they have up their sleeve. So, uh, but I do like, you know, Larry Hill, 
you talk about discipline, and that's going to really carry itself out on defense going against an offense like that. Yeah, so he was also concerned, too, about Brownsville Veterans Memorial's front seven on defense. He's, they're really good. I mean, again, you get this far for a reason, right? I don't care who you're, who you're playing, who you think they're not playing. They are, you know, one of the very few teams left in 5A, and I'm sure I know – Smithson Valley and that entire community will give the respect to Veterans Memorial that it deserves because if they don't, they'll get their butts kicked. No yep. schlubs getting to 12 and 2. So right. let's hear from Larry Hill right now. Larry, can't thank you enough for doing this, by the way, on short notice. Appreciate yeah. you. Okay. How gratifying was that win? Was there any revenge getting from last week or was it really turning the page and just getting a win and then moving on and advancing? Yeah, it really was. You know, I assume you're referencing the College Station game uh, from a week ago, a week two games ago now, I guess. Um, no, we never even addressed it. I mean, uh, I think the only thing I said was that Monday, you know, if we uh, wanted to avenge that game, we should have done something about it while we were still playing it. You know, half the team on both sides have moved on, but yet they've got a, you know, a quality program, been in a state championship game the last couple of years and won it a few years prior to that. So, you know, clearly that's an obstacle you're going to have to get over if you're going to get where you're trying to go. And so it was big in that regard, but not because of some kind of payback. Any challenges this year, you know, with or maybe not just this year, but, you know, with the travel and everything else and spread out yeah. and spread out? I mean, how do you think you guys have done handling all that? Well, UIL, you know, um, by allowing all the opt-ups that they do kind of skews the, the – the geography of it all. So we end up in region three for football, no other sports. And uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're playing teams uh, from Houston. We're playing teams, you know, from college station, having to navigate through Austin traffic, it seems for a lot of these neutral site <laughs> games, which so, uh, you know, and it's, uh, it's, it's strange really, because, you know, typically the first few rounds in, in the past, you play teams somewhat from around here and, uh so it's been difficult uh, in that regard, not to mention the difficulty of just the four teams that we've had to play. It's been a real bloodbath for four straight weeks, and every game, uh, three of the four games at least, have gone right to the wire. Yeah, I mean, how's your health at this point? Well, you know, we're, I don't know how many healthy teams there are in December, so I don't want to bemoan that too much. But, uh, you know, we're we're a little beat up. You know, and uh, but my guess is the team we're playing has the same problems, and uh, nobody cares about that. Uh, you just you, you either do or you don't. So we'll be there. We'll be all right. What's the secret to making a deep playoff run? I and mean, you've been able to write it all down, or is there a formula? I mean, it seems like you, you know, you're no stranger to this time of year. Well, you know, I think you've got to pace yourself a little bit. I mean, we've always resisted the notion here of ever making any game or any opponent our rival. We embrace no one as a rival game. Uh, I know that infuriates some people, but uh, uh, we don't. Um, we treat every game the same. We don't lighten up some weeks and heavy up other weeks. Uh, we try to schedule in some time off, but uh, at the same time, you know, we talk throughout the year about you know, to get where we want to go, it's a long grind, and so, you know, embrace the daily routine and uh, uh, you know, has that served us well? Well, we think so, or we wouldn't do it that way. But uh, uh, and anyway, you know, I, I don't know to answer your question, but uh, our players hopefully are playing their best football right now in mid-December. What 
do you do in terms of, you know, management wise with, do you give your team more this time of year in terms of, you know, new plays or the new things that you're working on? Is that always evolved during the course of the year or are you simply working on things that you've done well or that you want to get accomplished all year long about the same rate? Uh, yes. <laughs> you know, we all, we do have to evolve, you know, who you're playing, what they do, what, what they're really good at, or maybe changing the presentation of something that you're going to do that you've already done, but maybe doing it with a slightly different look, you know, to the other team. Um, you know, but at the same time, being careful not to, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know, you've got to, you've got to do what got you here and uh, you can't, you start reinventing the wheel. Number one, you're not going to be very good at it. Number two, your players are going to start looking at you like, well, are you saying we can't win doing what we normally do? Is that what you're saying? And so, um, you know, there's a delicate balance there. You know, you've got to have some mystery uh, to your opponents, but, you know, you got to do, you got to, what, what's Coach Roll used to say? Uh, what do you got to dance with who brought you, right? No doubt. Okay. What about your opponent this week? What do you know about these guys and, you know, what challenges do they present? Well, it's a face of, uh, we face a great challenge, which you would expect when there's four teams left. You know, you, <laughs> you, you, you can't expect to play somebody who's not very good. They're, they're very good at what they do, and what they do is off schedule. They run the Navy style of uh, option football. Uh, local fans will recognize some of it. They're very similar to Wagner's offense, um, uh, you know, with, with subtle differences, of course, but uh, very good at it. And we played Wagner about three months ago. But, uh, you know, suddenly you roll in here on Monday morning and you've got to defend this when you, you, you've defended nothing like that for three months. And, and they're good at it. And, uh, you know, defensively, they're very stout up front. Their front seven is really difficult. To, you know, they don't get blocked or stay blocked very long. And they're talented in the secondary. They got a couple of kids, some of their offensive kids double up and play over there to, because they're, you know, they're elite players. And so um, they're what we expected in terms of how good they are. Uh, but it is challenging because it, it is doing something. You know, we're having to hurry to get ready for something that we never see. And what should Brownsville know about you guys? Well, uh, I, gosh, I, I don't know. That's a that's a good question. You know, uh, you know, I hope they think we're a team that's going to play hard. Um, you know, and uh, try to be resilient. We've certainly had to be resilient the last four weeks. Uh, you know, just to have a chance to even be here. And, uh, um, you know, we are a little bit different offensively and defensively ourselves. We're not, you know, way out there like a Navy style of offense or, and, uh, but, but, you know, our, some of the things we do with our front and coverage is a little bit different than those. And, uh, you know, running the ball out of the pistol a little bit on offense is, is different maybe than what they've seen a whole lot of, at least. They've certainly seen some opponents. So, But by and large, I think at the end of the day, it's going to be two teams that aren't very familiar with each other that are going to meet in Corpus, and they're going to do what they do best. We're going to do what we do best. And, uh, you know, after 48 minutes, we'll see how we come out. Take any pride in the season that you've had, you know, just regardless of level. I mean, you're one point away from – being an undefeated team. And I think we all had Reagan pretty much at the top of the heat for most of the season. I mean, regardless of classification, is there any way to put into words how proud you are of this group and what they've achieved, not only in, you know, representing the brand in 5A, but just really the entire area in terms of what you've done this year? 
Well, it's a great group of kids, and I tell them all the time, you know, usually after games that we won, you didn't have to win for us to love you and be proud of you. You know, if it if it's attached to the school, if your sentiment towards your players is attached to solely to the school board, then you're then you owe them apology. You're just using them as a as a means to an end to winning football game. But uh, part of the reason they've had success is be, because of who they are. It's a real unselfish, hardworking group. And I know those sounds like, that's those things sound like cliches, but uh, they get along real well. We don't really have drama. Uh, you know, it's not really a team of stars. We're not really leading anything in any category. You know, we don't have a guy that's leading the town in rushing or receiving or passing or tackles. Or, uh, but it's a it's a solid team that plays very well together. And uh, there's the strengths on both sides of the ball seem to match up well with what the other side's doing. Um, so, you know. Is it perfect? Well, no. You know, we've lost a game, as you mentioned, and, um, you know, we still got some more to do. But it, it's been a really good group to work with. We're extremely proud of them and, and uh, get an opportunity to represent the Smithson Valley community at the state level. You know, we're, we're excited about that. You know, Chuck, why did you have to mention that they lost a game? It seemed like you wanted to jump through the computer at you. <laughs> I was trying to give him an attaboy. He was having none of it. You know? <laughs> he, was, he was like, thanks, Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> As you mentioned, yeah. way to go, old man. Go. Oh, so funny. I'm just so glad you know how to use Zoom now. Me too. It's nice when it can record, right? How many times have you thought you had an interview and then went, oh, man, nah, I'm too embarrassed to call the guy back. I'll just, we'll just make write two. a story from memory. Paraphrase. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's get to uh, Davenport, the newest school that is in the uh, final four of their playoffs. It's Davenport, 11-3. and three. They're going to be playing uh, Tyler Chapel Hill, 7 p.m. Friday, December 8th, McLean Stadium in Waco. Uh, Davenport win last week. They are one of out, of out of only three right now that wasn't stressful. One of only three last week that wasn't stressful. They, I went there. They, they just dominated Port Lavaca, Calhoun. They, they were all over them. It was ridiculous. Um First time of the Final Four, the school opened in 2020. How crazy is it? Like, you have Piper, who is was only in their second year of varsity, Zach, and then you have Davenport, who opened during the pandemic, and this is their first uh, group of seniors, and they're already in the state finals for the first time, or state semis for the first time, excuse me. Yeah, I think somebody else has maybe brought it up before, but just imagine if all these Comal schools were still <laughs> going to one place. Um, I right. mean, just wow. Um, they've got a factory up there. No, I mean, you know, first group of seniors for Davenport, uh, I think it really kind of started last season, too. I remember Shaston Golden just running rampant over people uh, for Davenport. And it was just like, man, have, have we seen this Shaston Golden kid? And then, um, you know, they've continued that. I think it's it's almost a little bit like Brennan, you know, where it's like you have that winning culture. And sure, we've talked about it all season long. Brennan was really young this season. But after that first week, then it was just like – yeah, we can get to that level, and they have. And I think Davenport is kind of on that same trajectory a little bit. Um, and I think something that stuck with me, too, I think it was one of their receivers, Emmett Greeman, uh, when we were there for the San Antonio Sports All-Star Media Day. He just said, yeah, we've got three guys here, but I feel like there could be like three or four others right. up here as well. <laughs> I mean, the allotment kind of you know cuts down on that, but just goes to show they've got players all over the roster that um, you know are, are balling out for them. Uh, Chuck, we, we're going to talk to or hear from Coach uh, Zimmer Hansel here in a second, but 
we saw it when Jack went up there and got the interviews. Coach, like, the first question that Jack asked, and we'll hear him kind of rephrase it, I cut out the beginning of it, was that, like, as a coach, how does it see your first group of seniors? You get to this point. What does that make you feel like? And Coach Zimmerlanzo, like, had to collect himself. He was he was visibly emotional uh, talking about his team and how far they've come and, and just the work that they've put in and all that stuff, like – what is that? How does that for you to like see that? What does that make you think about their squad? It was very cool because I mean, obviously JD's a younger coach mm -hmm. and I know he knows that it's not supposed to be this easy, right? You're not supposed to have a team like this, this early when you're at a place coaching. And I think, you know, just the sense that I got was you can imagine if you've grown up with these kids and, you know, before they were seniors, you, you didn't have any other seniors to coach. So you get to grow up with these guys a little bit. You're you're growing up as a coach, and you're around the same group of kids, more so than most places where, you know, you're coaching other seniors every single year. So I think it's got to be cool for him in a lot of different ways, not just from, the you know, the relationships he's forged with kids and parents and that entire community out there. Just to be able to, as a young coach, see some of the things that you're doing and getting affirmation that we're, we're on the right path. The things that I think are the right way to coach a team, I'm seeing visual proof that this is the way to do it. I mean, for a lot of reasons, I can understand why he was emotional. How crazy is it? Like, hats off to the Comal ISD uh, board and, like, decision makers there. Hiring J.D. Zimmerhansel, hiring coach Nick Rogers, keeping Larry Hill around as long as he's been there. Like, the coaches and the ADs at these schools are just, like – I don't know what their hiring process looks like, but we need to just like completely scrap everyone else's and just adopt Comal ISD's hiring process because it's ridiculous how good these coaches are and what they do with their squads so fast. It's it's just crazy. Um, Zach, when when we're coming into this week now, you see Tyler Chapel Hill, uh, Davenport now having that like, kind of emotion of being in their first state semi, how how big do you think like that first quarter is going to be as Davenport has that emotion and Chapel Hill has that kind of prestige coming in? It's always, I mean, of course, it's always big. And, and uh, they just had their first game in the Dome. I know they were looking forward to that in the regional final when they went up against Port Lavaca. Now you go on this even bigger stage. You play in a huge stadium. Right. You know, that's that's got to be really cool. But I'm sure, you know, Coach Coach Z is going to have him ready to where it's like, all right, you know, get used to this, look around, all right, take it all in, and now it's just, hey, it's it's the same hundred yard field, so, um, you know, yeah, it'll it'll be emotional. Tyler Chapel Hill, they're they're kind of a one of those perennial state powers, you know, it's east of Dallas a little bit, so, um, you know, they've they've got some athletes, so it's it's going to be, you know, a fun one to watch, and yeah, that first quarter always important to just kind of. You know, weather the storm, take any punches, kind of settle in a little bit, and then it's like, all right, now we're just back to playing football. I was literally, I was watching the game against Port Lavaca Calhoun with Davenport uh, in the Alamo Dome, and I was just like, okay, so <laughs> I had to, I had to run down to one side. I was like, I'm really glad, like I, I'm decent shape right now because I was just running back and forth because it was just like Davenport bombs away. It was, it was ridiculous. I was actually in and out of there in like 20 minutes because we had so many highlights nice. in the first 20 <laughs> minutes of the game. I was like, all right, let's go. Let's Thank walk. you, Coach Zimmer Hansel. So it was, it was nice. I expect the same thing this weekend. Maybe not, I mean, not to that extent, but I expect uh, Davenport to, to put on a good showing because they haven't showed us anything otherwise. Like they, they haven't 
really had a poor performance all year. I mean, if Tristan Hamlin can throw five touchdowns again, that'll, you know, definitely help. Right. <laughs> uh, let's hear from uh, Coach Coach Z up there and uh, Gianni Evans-Williams. He's a senior linebacker. is going to be second. And then Barrett Fallon, the sophomore running back. So you got you got some great uh, years to come from him uh, up at Davenport. So let's hear from them, and then we'll come, in, come back, close it out. All right, so Davenport is one of four teams left in the state of Texas. You're playing for a right to go to the state final. What does that mean to coach? Oh, it's just, it's amazing. I mean, this, you know, we're, we're in the profession, you know, first, uh, you know, obviously be around kids and make a difference in their lives. But, you know, I'm not, we also want to go and be in a state championship game. And so um, being this close and um, all the hard work that the kids, the coaches have put into it, um, I mean, it just means the world, and we're blessed to be in this situation, blessed to have a great coaching staff and a great um, group of kids and a great community um, that supports us. There's so much emotion that goes into this, and these kids have never been in this situation before. Where do you sit there and try and coach these kids as, enjoy the moment, it's still a business trip, this is something that you've never experienced before, there's so much that goes into the coaching of this week in such a short amount of time. Have you started to think about how you're going to start to address the fact that it was like, look, we have to treat this as just another game, although it's a really big game? Yeah, I mean, we, we give our kids, um, you know, 24-hour rule, you know, on the weekend, go, go enjoy it, enjoy the win. You know, don't take it for granted. Um, enjoy it with your families. Um, but, you know, this morning... We started a game plan and it's back to work. And we're we're not changing anything in our week of practice. We're still gonna go good on goods against our defense. We're still gonna have the same routine that we had back in August, um, Monday through Friday practice. And um, you know we stress it to our kids. Yes, we're close to being in Jerry World, but we can't we can't think about that anymore. We we gotta take care of business this week in Baylor. We gotta be one to know it's the next opponent on the schedule um, to get us to our ultimate goal. I generally ask this of a lot of coaches throughout the course of a season: is the process taking shape the way you would want it to? This late in the season, with two games left, possibly, is the process at this point a still a work in progress, or at this point has the process taken its shape? And now let's just go ahead and take care of business. Yeah, I mean, we stress it to our kids um, and all the time, every weekend after we watch film, that there's always room to grow. I mean, it's part of life. Um, as a coach, I look back on film and say, and, and look how I could be better. And we, we do the same thing with our kids. Even though we're um, week fi 15th game in the season, we can still grow as a team. We can still grow as individuals. So, um you know, we take that every day, and we're here Monday morning looking to grow as, as players, as coaches, and as a team. What do you know about this Tyler Chapel Hill, and what are some of the, the areas of concern that they're going to bring to this football game? Well, Tyler Chapel Hill, they're, you know, they've been to this before. They were in the same um, round last year. They've been in the state championship game a few times. I, don't, I haven't really, I'm not a historian and know exactly their record and all that good stuff, but I know they're a well-known, good program that's well-coached. Um, you know, they have a lot of 
um, speed and you know they're they're gonna be bigger and faster than us but you know I, I told the kids this morning bigger and faster doesn't make a better team um, so um, there's gonna be things that we we feel like we could get them schematically and um, you know at the end of the day the team the kids that play the hardest usually usually win in this round everybody's good but who's gonna play harder and who's gonna execute so when I say to you there are four teams left in the state of Texas in 4A yes, sir. You're one of them and get a chance to play. What does that mean to you? It just means everything. It's, it's like what we planned ever since like middle school. It's like, it's like, I don't think no man could have like written the script to be honest. I feel like it's really from the man upstairs really to be honest. It's just crazy and whole experience to be honest. Let's go back to Friday night when you guys, when it hit zeros and you guys knew that you were regional champions was that everything that you had always dreamed it was going to be was that was the whole holy cow we've actually done it we're now in the final four yes sir, yes, what, sir. The, what describe what those emotions were like for you that night it was wild it was like fireworks like fourth of july it was it's, it's everything we really wanted to it's everything we really wanted but it's like jobs not finished to be honest we had our little 48 hours of like the win we're on to the next new thing yeah we're just ready Okay, and now when you take the field with these guys, what do you like about these dogs? Oh, I, I feel like I grew up with these guys. I feel like these guys are my brothers. I can talk to them about anything. Need a ride of practice to guide me anywhere, anything. Literally, literally. Give me a ride to church. Why is this defense so good? It's just because we're all connected. Not like other schools are usually like, I feel like other high schools are really usually like, they just let their offense like get them the wins. But it's really, it's just our defense. We're just so connected and everyone just knows each other. To be honest, it's just a nice tight community. All right, a team that you've never faced before, but these guys are, are no strangers to this, to this level of competition. They're big and they're really, really fast. What do you guys need to do in order to be able to slow them down and, and get a victory on this, uh, this Friday night? Um, well, to be honest, I really don't like letting all the hype or any of, them, any of that really scare me, to be honest, because it really doesn't matter if you're not a good football team because you have all these good players, but what if that one safety messes up and doesn't guard, doesn't get the deep fade? You know what I mean? All that work you did doesn't matter. So it's really a team, it's a team game. It's not boxing, it's not fighting. You don't need one person, it's a team game. All right, when I tell you there's four teams left in the state of Texas, Davenport High School is one of them. What does that mean to you? I mean, it means we fought all the way to the end. I mean, we're one step closer to our dreams and goals and it's right there in front of us. Let's go back to Friday night when you guys clinch. It's 0-0-0 on the scoreboard. You guys are regional champions. What was that emotion like for you? I mean, it was just a, at first we didn't have it completely in the bag and we had to fight for our victory. I mean, it felt awesome to pee with these boys and these seniors and have one more week to compete. Um, when you take the field with these, these, this offensive unit of yours, what do you like about them? I mean, there's just so many weapons. I mean, Emmett, Kyler, Tristan, Daniel, uh, I mean, Dante. I mean, there's just so many weapons. I mean, it's just, we're just blessed to have this many offensive weapons on one team. What makes you guys so good, especially on the offensive side of the board? I mean, I think we just stick to our game plan, do what our coaches tell us, and, and follow what they have for us, and we, we get it done. Um, obviously, the running back always wants to tote the rock out there. Um, but when you have that many weapons, is it kind of hard? Because it was just like, Okay, so all the receivers are getting all the love right now. Now the okay, it's like, hey, you have to go back to the sideline and tell coach. It was like, hey, coach, don't don't forget about us running backs. Uh, I mean, 
I, I think that's a little bit selfish, but I mean, when we have this many weapons, if we're going to need to pass the ball to win, we're going to have to pass the ball to win, whatever it takes to get the, the win. Um, Alamo Dome this week, McLean Stadium, and Jerry World is right around the corner for you guys. It's like the trifecta. It was like to play in these kind of stadiums. What was that like being in the Alamo Dome with all those people in there? What was that experience like for you guys? I mean, it was a great experience. I mean, you never forget that as long as you live. And But the thing is, our coaches preach to us is it's still a football field. I mean, it's still 100 yards. I mean, you just can't let that get to our heads and affect us on our play, playing field. This offensive line has been opening up some great holes for you guys. It's like, can you ever give them enough credit for what they do out there for you guys, especially the running back core? No, you can't. I mean, they, they don't get all the paper, media, or interviews, but I mean, they're the dogs. They, they keep us going all front. Um, don't give away any secrets, but what does this offense need to do in order to beat a very good Tyler team that's been here before? Um, yes, they're very good. Um, we need to come out physical, come out strong, and just play our game, and I think we'll take care of business. Some great kids up there at Davenport and Comala SD in general. Like you, you talk to the Smithson Valley kids and they're great. You talk to the Piper kids, they're great. Like all the, I don't know what's in the water up there for Comala ISD, but it's fantastic. Uh, all right, guys, final thoughts on semifinal weekend. Any anything burning in you that you want to get out of here or get out into the open, into the public? Nope. Just hope they all punch through and we're all talking yeah, about good, the same squads next week. Good luck to all this weekend. It's going to be fun to you know see how they do and can't wait for Friday and Saturday. Yep. Good luck to uh, Coach JD, Coach uh, uh, Larry Hill, and Coach Signs and all their guys. All right, guys, that's it for the Friday edition, or the Wednesday edition, excuse me, of the Hype Squad, Hype Squad, Sneakers and Cleats podcast. We will be back on Friday. It will be me and uh, David Chancellor, the always energetic morning morning anchor and former sports guy so uh he literally just like pipes in energy i don't know how he has so much energy as early eight cups of coffee he has he literally has a pot a day <laughs> y'all y'all both can just you know have a pot right here and go to town well yeah i mean you know I'm like, you know <laughs> i know you have your like eight espresso shots or whatever <laughs> just golly we're just keeping it hyper guys come on all right. <laughs> Quick reminder, you get this podcast wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Please download, subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend, tell an enemy, give us a five-star rating, give us some feedback. Uh, we will be back on Friday for the Sneakers Cleats podcast. We'll see you then.